You're listening to a Pave Media show. Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. So, John, I dread to ask, but what is the most offensive thing you've ever done or ever been caught doing? <laughs> Those are two very different questions. <laughs> uh, the story I'm willing to tell um, okay. happened quite recently, actually, on my holiday. I recently went to Israel. Uh, and on my trip, I went to the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have to. And uh, that's the place where, for people who don't know, you could, there's the water that's got such high salt content that you can basically lie back on it and float. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Very touristy. Mm-hmm. But also, the sand around the Red Sea is very mineral rich, and it's supposed to have really good properties for your skin. It's really good for your skin. And also, it's a good sunblock. And because I'm a pasty Irish Catholic, I needed all the sunblock I could get while I was out in yeah. the actual desert. Yeah. <laughs> so I went on this trip to the Dead Sea, and it was part of a guided tour. So I befriended some people on the, who were on the same bus as me in there. Uh, one of the girls I befriended was a... Trinidadian girl who was there with her mum mm-hmm. and so we were, all just flo- we were just floating together just you know chit chatting having a great time and I was just while chatting just slavering more and more and more of this Dead Sea mud all every inch of skin that was exposed to the sun so all over my face all over my entire body just kept putting more and more on like were you talking about it at the time it just feels like a weird activity to just be like you know, just slathering mud over yourself when you're just talking about, I don't know, movies or whatever. No, it, it was just, you, you kind of had to be there. No, we were literally just making general chit-chat, and I was just, I mean, she was putting mud on as well, everyone was, but I was just really going to town. And after a certain point, she kind of looked at me slightly quizzically and said, are you sure you've put enough on there? How's it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to protect myself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she didn't really say anything else. She just kind of rolled her eyes and then, you know, mm. continued. And then after we were kind of finishing up, I kind of walked away for, for a bit to wash it all off, get a shower, you know, wash all the mud off. Mm-hmm. But before I did that, I thought I'd take a fun selfie of myself, you know, mm-hmm. covered in mud. I thought, oh, that'd be fun for Facebook. <laughs> and so I put my phone on, you know, reverse camera, took a selfie mm-hmm. of myself, and I had inadvertently put myself in full blackface. <laughs> oh, dear, John. <laughs> or what looked like full blackface. So I, I Robert Downey Jr., essentially. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I was quite embarrassed, and I apologised. She fortunately she found saw the funny side. She knew I didn't mean to do it, but yeah. she actually thought it was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, hmm. can't you take me anywhere. No, you shouldn't be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And this week it's one of my picks actually. It is, you chose Tropic Thunder. Yeah, and uh, what a pick it was. Yeah, tell us why. Um, Why? Because I have heard one or two good things about this. It looks Mm -hmm. like it might have been a bit of fun. And I know that it's one of the two films that one of my favourite actors, Robert Downey Jr. has been Oscar nominated for. Indeed, yeah. So, yeah, I thought that would be good. So, before we start pitching our sequel ideas, talk about the film a little bit, do a plot summary. Sure. I mean, so did did it live up to expectations? Did you enjoy it? Yes. Yeah, me too. I found this yeah. very fun. This film made me super nervous on more than one occasion. <laughs> Were you watching it with people? Or no, on my own, just like nervous for the film. Like, I was like, right. oh God, how is this, is this going to go too far? Is it mm-hmm. going too far? I'm, I still don't know. Like, I have one rule that I live my life by that I 
think works for me very well. Which never is, blackface. Ne- well, okay, that's that's now become my second rule. Yeah, but my initial rule was you're not very good at it. No, clearly, no. It's a new rule. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't apply it to myself before. Mm-hmm. No, one rule I always when I'm talking about films is never be the white guy trying to explain what is or isn't racist or oh, yeah. sexist or yeah. transphobic or whatever. You know, if it's not about you. You don't, it's not for you to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say, well, I don't know whether or not this film is racist. I don't feel like it was racist. I feel like it didn't punch downwards in the jokes. It was really walking that tight line of uh, offensiveness. It, it, but... was, it was doing it very well because, as I think with all offensive humour, mm-hmm. it works very well if you've got somebody within that humour to kind of call it out and just be like, hey, that's not okay. Sure, and sure, then sure. that's kind of the joke, which they did here. Absolutely. Because yeah. then they had a black character who was to say like, why are you doing this? This is awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, exactly. It wasn't, and, and, and it was it was well written. Yeah, I feel like it was making fun of the actors. It wasn't making yeah. fun of black people. It wasn't making fun of people with mental disabilities. You know, all the other things that it does that could be considered quite offensive. The language it uses, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it really walks that line. But I think it, you're right. I think it just gets the tone correct. So mm-hmm. no, I had a good time. This film was absurd mm-hmm. it was absolutely ludicrous yeah. which, which I found very enjoyable I laughed a lot so. it's weird going into a film and Jack Black is one of the least offensive things in it yeah yeah, yeah for the first half of the film he's quite low key like yeah. he's like just in the background and then yeah. he get, it, as it gets on his character comes into it a bit more but yeah he yeah. just comes a little bit more Jack Black but not in yeah. like a super weird and rude way it's just <laughs> yeah I, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everyone in this I think the, the cast was really really good mm-hmm. so. yeah they really were Okay, so this film is completely star-filled. Is that it, the term I should Star-studded? Star-studded, yes. Yeah. Who was your favourite uh, pop-up actor? Oh, do you mean just purely for a cameo? Yeah. Well, okay, who did we have? I'm trying to think. Well, can we include Tom Cruise? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that is, is that what you're going for? Yeah. Would yeah. you know, as a cameo? He did it quite a lot. Well, really. maybe not a cameo. Just people are just like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, Tom Cruise's performance in this film was just insanity. Yeah. <laughs> It was complete insanity. It's like. weird. Like, I really want to know how they pitched that to him. Apparently it was his idea. Okay. Which doesn't it, surprise me for a moment. No, it doesn't. But like, it's not really a thing that he does. No. Like roles like this. But then also, a character like that, it really feels like the actor needs to be 110% on board. Mm. And I feel like he really was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In that very Tom Cruise where he probably was literally 110% on board. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he was very intense to work with. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think they just pitched him to do a little cameo as like a sleazy studio exec and then he was like, what if I have giant hands and yeah. big fat suits and I dance to R&B music? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was all him. Um, yeah, I feel like maybe Tom Cruise has started in the past like 10, 15 years has started to play around with like making fun of his own persona a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not his own persona, but opened up to doing more kind of stuff like this, which is... The Tom Cruise I enjoy. Yes. I always enjoy Tom Cruise much more when he's just like chewing down on the scenery. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly his role in this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, big term. Mm-hmm. Um, he reminded me a lot of uh, Monica and Friends in flashbacks when she's in the fat suit and dancing. It was Yes, it was yeah. very that. <laughs> Probably his inspiration. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Mm-hmm. This is the last horseman. Who is this? This is Flaming Dragon! Okay. Flaming Dragon. Fuck face. First... Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Now, I don't know what kind of pan-Pacific bullshit power play you're trying to pull here, but Asia Jack is my territory. So whatever you're thinking, you better think again. Otherwise, I'm going to have to head down there, and I will rain down on a godly fucking firestorm upon you. You're going to have to call the fucking United Nations and get a fucking binding resolution to keep me from fucking destroying you. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker! I will massacre you! I will fuck you up! Okay, so Tropic Thunder is a film about 
a film being made. Yes. Directed by Steve Coogan's character, Damien Cockburn. Co- yeah, and they, they're very specific that it's pronounced Cockburn, not Coburn. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's, so the actual film, Tropic Thunder, is directed by Ben Stiller. Yeah. But yeah. the film within a film is being directed by Steve Coogan's character, yeah. Yes. And, uh, well, before we even get to the film, though, this this film has um, fake trailers. What did you think of the fake oh, trailers? Oh, yeah, fake trailers at the start. Well, initially I thought that I downloaded the wrong copy of the film. Yeah. Um, or, like, I downloaded a copy of the film that somebody had ripped off your DVD, mm-hmm. like, complete with trailers and stuff. And I was like, oh, great, it's got trailers from 2008. <laughs> um, but, no, not quite. Well, at what point did you realise this wasn't a real thing? Uh, when I started recognising people in trailers. Sure, sure. Like, the, I think the second trailer is suddenly Ben Still is there. And he's doing yeah. an action hero thing. Isn't he in the first one? I'm not sure. I, I think the first one is um, Brandon T. Jackson, Al Pacino. Oh, yes, Al Pacino. Yeah, no, you're right. That's that's the music video advert, mm, isn't it, for the yeah. energy drink? Yeah, and then it, you're right, and then it's Ben Stiller doing this, like, sixth sequel from an action franchise, <laughs> like a Dwayne The Rock Johnson kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get Jack Black. Oh, there's so much shade in this film, like, throwing <laughs> yeah. shade at like, other actors. Like, yeah. how many of them... How a lot of them felt about it, but... So the, the shade towards Eddie Murphy in the Jack Black, because, you know, that was totally doing the... Um, the Naughty Professor thing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen The Naughty Professor? No, but I think I know what it is. Yeah, it's, Eddie Murphy would play all of the characters. He'd wear big fat suits, and just, it was just it was literally just fart humor. Mm-hmm. It was it was literally just that. That's what he was doing. So <laughs> massive burn on Eddie Eddie Murphy for that. There were some good costumes in there. Like sometimes yeah. I just couldn't see Jack Black in it at all. No, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah the Eddie Murphy ones were good as well. I'm not sure if they used the well, same. No, I just like that they went to so much effort. Yeah, for so fucking short shorts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that and th- these trailers are actually used to introduce the characters. So the characters mm-hmm. in Tropic Thunder are Ben Stiller's like an, a washed-up action hero who's like stuck in franchise hell, trying mm-hmm. to be a more serious actor. Mm-hmm. Jack Black's like a really lowbrow comedian making these films that are just based about f- around fart humor. Mm-hmm. And then we get your man, Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. who is doing such a thick Australian accent again. So much Russell Crowe shade. Yeah. <laughs> so this is yeah. such. I mean, this whole thing <clears throat> is just a big fuck you to Russell Crowe. Which yeah. <laughs> Um, and he's in a blonde wig and mm-hmm. just everything just looks... It was weird like, eyes. Yeah. Weird eye contacts. I don't know what that was about. No. It was all very strange. And I forget what his fake trailer was. So he plays Kirk Lazarus, mm. who is a five-time Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever won five Oscars, not for acting, but mm. part of the joke. Yeah, so he it's a trailer for a, a big oscar Beatty kind of movie. It's I think it's it's pretty much a riff on Brokeback Mountain. Okay. It's a gay monk movie. Oh, it's him yes. with Toby Maguire. With Toby Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> that is so strange. I loved it, and I like that it was Toby Maguire playing himself. Yeah, like, this is I like that this is a, is a universe in which Toby Maguire exists. Mm-hmm. Like, it had like you know the five time Oscar winner Kirk Lazarus and MTV Award winner for Best Kiss Toby yeah. Maguire, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which he actually did win for Spider Man. So oh great, yeah. That whole trailer was just lots of like biting of the lower lip and like. Mm. <laughs> Meaningful glances in dark corridors. It was great. (laughs) From Fox Searchlight. Five-time Academy Award winner Kirk Lazarus. And MTV Movie Award Best Kiss winner Tobey Maguire. Winner of the Beijing Film Festival's coveted Crying Monkey Award, Satan's Alley. I've been a bad, bad boy, father. So that so sets them up, yeah. So the that that sets everybody up, and then we cut to a a scene being filmed in Vietnam yeah. that looks like it's the Vietnam War. 
Well, yeah, it, again, it's just ludicrously over-the-top action sequence. Yeah. Like, again, it just made me think of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's specifically what they were riffing on. Maybe there's probably lots of warfare. Oh, I definitely think so. Like this, yeah. you know, there's that guy who gets his guts... His, oh, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. His stomach cut open. Mm-hmm. And what, what's the line he says? I think I can put them back in or yes, something. Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. And his guts are literally just falling. People are carrying him. His guts are just yeah. trailing behind. Mm-hmm. And, uh... The violence in this whole scene, sequence was just absurd. Like, yeah, it was, was just so over the top. Like, you've got yeah. Ben Stiller gets shot how many times? Like, when he's oh, running? Like, like 50, 50 or something. Yeah, and then he's, he's having an emotional speech with Robert Downey Jr. with all the gunfire happening and people mm-hmm. getting blown up behind him. Mm-hmm. And he's got ridiculous hands that have been blown off. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It was actually, it was genuinely a little bit stomach churning. I was like, if the whole movie's this, I'm going to struggle. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of really gross out at this point, but yeah. And so then they're having that emotional scene down there where uh, Ben Stiller's character, Kirk Lazarus. No, um, Robert Downey Jr.'s Kirk Lazarus. He, he is Tugs. Tugs. Tug Speedman. Tug Speedman. Yeah. Um, nautical name. Yeah. <laughs> so they're both trying to cry, I think, which is. Yeah. Not in the script, yeah. and they're both kind of putting each other off. They're trying to outact neither, each other, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. and neither of them can really cry. No, well, Robert uh, Downey Jr. can because he's like a super actor. Like, so he's doing like the full. He, he's dribbling on him. He's going like full. Uh, oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, then that's why because Ben Stiller's like more of an action star. He's not like a serious actor. He's getting really mm-hmm. self conscious about it, and he feels like he's putting him off. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so then they cut, and we get introduced to. There's a film crew here, mm-hmm. and you know, Steve Coogan is. Damien Cockburn and he's mm. directing this piece not very well not very well at all he has no control over the actors yeah. like zero control mm-hmm. so they're all just off doing their own thing arguing with each other nobody knows if like they've called cut or not yeah and so we've got uh, Danny McBride playing Cody his name is oh, really he's well. basically the uh, pyrotechnics guy pyrotechnics guy yeah um, with his big backwards mullet that I really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a standard Danny it is yeah, yeah definitely um yeah, so he's excited because there's this explosion plans to happen, mm-hmm. um, and he's not heard that cut has been called. Mm-hmm. There's fighter jets coming in that are going to do a flyby that's going to be caught on camera, that's going to be synced up to the explosion. Yeah. None of the actors are ready. They're all of arguing, doing their own thing. Kirk Lazarus goes to the toilet. <laughs> that's, when, that's when the director starts sort of waving at Cody, just being like, no, cut, cut. And Cody's like, that's the sign. Blow it up, blow <laughs> it up. And uh, all the explosions happen. The planes go by, and... Cameras weren't even rolling. No. It's great. It's that one of those classic, we've got one shot at this moment. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I wonder if that's, ever, it must have done. I wonder if that's ever happened where it's completely fucked. Like, we've got one chance to get this right kind of shot. Oh, I'm sure it has, yeah. to know. Yeah. And then it cuts to like a news thing and it's, uh, they're talking about the filming of Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be this big, big film because of the actors in it. Yeah. And like, it's blown $4 million of its budget already and the cameras mm-hmm. weren't even rolling. Mm-hmm. It's estimated the film is running a month behind schedule after only filming for a week. Yeah, it's like a real tru- <laughs> troubled production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's when we get introduced, I think, to Matthew McConaughey. Oh, he, a little bit after that. Yeah, he plays uh, Ben Stiller's character's agent. Yeah. And I guess kind of the guy who's talking to Tom Cruise mainly. Yeah, he's like the intermediary, basically. So, yeah, he is... I mean, he's doing a classic McConaughey kind of like... He's wearing like a big polo shirt and shorts and he's just mm-hmm. playing darts and wiffle bat and stuff in the while he's on this call. Um, but yeah, he's, he represents Tug Speedman and he's really he's really hung up on getting him a TiVo, yes. which Ben Still doesn't even care about. He's like, I'm going to get you that TiVo is in your contract. Yeah, like Ben Still just mentioned it once, like slightly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even have TiVo here or something like yeah. that. Like he, really grab, he really grabs onto that and holds onto it. But yeah, yeah he's basically the intermediary between stars and then the Tom Cruise character who's like the studio boss. Mm-hmm. Because basically the production is so troubled that they're considering firing the director or cancelling the whole thing. Yeah. They're worried it's going to lose a shitload of money. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a very, it's a very troubled 
set. Yeah. And I don't think we've mentioned yet that uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in full blackface. Yes. Probably, probably the most famous thing about this movie. Like, I guess, yeah. He's performing the film in full blackface because he's playing his character, the multi-Oscar winner, is like a uber-method actor who's had like skin pigmentation changed to surgically so he can embody this black character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's speaking in this really like really broad like southern american you know draw kind of like like jive talk almost mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's yeah it takes some getting used to but it's very funny <laughs> yeah he does it really well and yeah i'm interested to see what rob Downey jr does now mm-hmm. like now that now that he's finished with uh the the marvel stuff more blackface maybe, maybe <laughs> i don't know but like is, is he just gonna go right back into comedy is it is he gonna do more serious stuff like he could do anything really yeah he might decide he, did, he really wants his oscar because he was really good in this he was great and like in a few serious things he's done he's been really good oh. like, he's a great great actor yo asshole this motherfucker's dead ain't no chris angel mind freak david blaine trapped all horse shit jumping off here hey you want to get on the train here, or you want to ruin another take, huh? There ain't no goddamn takes. There ain't no goddamn motion picture. You sure? Oh, yeah. Yeah? For a certain man. Why are you still in character? Hmm? I know, but I don't have to tell you. You don't know. Man, I don't drop character till I've done a DVD commentary. Yeah, and so then from here, uh, Damien Cockburn tries to get all the actors together to like have a meeting with them and a talk mm-hmm. there's a party happening or something yeah. they're one weekend having a one weekend party yeah. <laughs> and it is a crazy party like it's every, everybody's gone all out what's his face Al Pacino's there with his entourage yeah so Brand- the actor Brandon T. Jackson plays a rapper called Al Pacino so it's Al Pacino Al Pacino sorry Al Pacino Al Pacino yeah 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 so <laughs> So yeah, that's his character, and yeah. he's like a, he's like your classic like flow rider kind of, um, mm. just like you know commercial chart rapper guy. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and so all like, his songs about booty and loving that pussy. Yeah, and all that <laughs> yeah, he does say that quite a few times. Yes, he? <laughs> well, and later we find out why. So yeah, yeah, and so that doesn't really work. When, I forget, I forget how they transition to it, but so basically, Damien Cockburn, the Steve Coogan character, gets his arse handed to him by Tom Cruise over video call. Yeah, he like skypes in or whatever, and like berates him, gets a random grip to punch him in the face for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always wondered what a grip's job was. Now I know. Yep. Just punch the director. Um, like so. that grip was like, sorry, I've got, I've got to do yeah. this. And this goes on full punch to the yeah, face. Yeah, like full nose bleeding. Like, yeah, it's, it's not even like a small punch or something. No, no, it's, it's, he really goes for it. Yeah. Basically, Steve Coogan's character is put under enormous pressure to kind of rein everything in and get mm. the production back under control. Otherwise, yeah. he's never going to work in this town again. And also, on sets, because this film that they're making, Tropic Thunder... It's obviously a war movie based on a real-life soldier's memoirs about his experiences in the war. Mm-hmm. And so that soldier who lost both his hands, who's the, the character Ben Stiller is playing, is on set as well. And mm-hmm. he's very unhappy that his story is being kind of bastardised and the actors are ruining it and it's all looking like it's going to be a big shit show. Yeah. So he suggests to Steve Coogan that he get the actors to kind of man up a little bit by putting them out into the wilderness and putting them through the paces and almost like boot camp in them. Mm. So that's basically how we get to that. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Steve Coogan drops them all off in the middle of the Vietnam forest, I guess. Basically in the jungle, yeah. Yeah. Gives them a bit of a talking to, explains that there's hidden cameras, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So everything they do is going to be recorded, and that's going to be the movie, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, then he turns around and accidentally steps on a landmine and dies, <laughs> and just explodes. I love an unexpected death in a movie, because I didn't yeah. see that coming at all. No, not, not, not even slightly. Um, they don't really react to it. No, they don't. Like... <laughs> 
Well, it's not that loud an explosion as well, for one thing. No, but he literally is blown to smithereens. Mm. Like well, they, 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 they don't believe it. Is the no, thing. that's true, yeah, they don't. Well, I think mostly Ben Stiller doesn't believe it. The rest of them, I think, accept pretty quickly that he is, in fact, dead. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then ben, you get that again the grossness of Ben Stiller picking up the head it's like oh it's a fake head and like, he's yeah. licking it it's yeah. all the entrails it's, oh it's gross like, <laughs> the brain falls out at one yeah, point oh, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, again it really goes all in on the like effects and the gore like. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and so then they're pretty much just stranded in the jungle yeah and Ben Stiller's got a map I think and he's yeah so Ben Stiller's still deluding himself that this is actually just all part of the movie being shot and they mm-hmm. just need to go through the script and like keep acting and it, whereas the rest of them are like realising they're in quite a serious situation and they want to get back to mm-hmm. base camp so that's where the tension lies but yeah Ben still has the map that he can't really read and he's leading them all yeah. in the wrong direction yeah well I think he's still trying to lead them on the way that the film was planned to go uh-huh. but they all want to go back to back to base camp mm-hmm. uh, Jack Black has heard that there's a uh, is it a heroin plant yeah, oh, because Jack Black's character is, as well as being like this gross art movie star, he's also a, like a massive drug addict. Mm. That's his plotline. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, he's he's got his jelly beans. Yeah, that he's constantly losing in ever more hilarious circumstances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my biggest laugh for some reason was just when the bird stole his jelly beans. It's just, just, <laughs> yeah, the, just, hilarious, the, just yeah. the visual of it just really made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, which does lead us to the point where Jack Black sits down with. Uh, What's his face? The guy I really didn't know. Um, Jay Baruchel? Yeah. He's playing like the straight man in this movie. He's like the young up-and-coming actor who really wants to yeah. do a good job. He's actually, he actually has done the research and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's definitely just playing the straight man. He doesn't have a lot of like funny scenes. But. Yeah, so he has a conversation with him saying like, hey, there's this plant nearby mm-hmm. and like I'm pretty much out of drugs. Yeah. So you're going to need to tie me up or else I'm just going to go yeah. and probably get us all killed. And so then they, they strip him and tie him to a tree. Yeah. And he's trying to convince everybody to let him go by different things. And there's one bit that he says that I just burst out laughing. Uh-huh. He says, uh, hey, Alper, if you get me some drugs, I will totally suck your cock. Straight the shaft, cradle the ball, swallow the gravy. Come on, man, let's do this. <laughs> it was just delivered in such a Jack Black way. It was mm-hmm. just outstanding. I was like, this is not your first time offering to suck cock. No, it's not, is it? <laughs> you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, that whole speech about you need to tie me to a tree. Mm-hmm. It was... Absolutely hilarious. Like, <laughs> okay, look, man. I got something to tell you. Okay. You know those jelly beans I was eating? Well, they weren't jelly beans. Okay. They were drugs. Really? I get down there near the mother load. I am done. I'm Jones and Bad Man. I'm gonna fucking do all the heroin in the fucking world. If you guys want to make it through this thing, you gotta strap me to a tree. Oh, uh, are you are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Literally a tree, and you can no matter what, you can't fucking untie me until it is done, until it is out of my system. I'm gonna say, hey man, I'm cool. It's cool. I'm finally better. I'm finally better. Untie me. Don't listen to me. Anything I fucking say is a lie. Doesn't that happen quite late in the movie? Maybe I, th- I definitely think I skipped ahead a few bits there. Yeah, because but... that's after Ben Stiller goes his own way. Because they yeah. set they split oh, up yeah, because yeah. Ben Stiller wants to carry on and follow the movie script that he thinks that they're still doing and the rest mm-hmm. of them want to go back to base camp and so they end up leaving him so they, the rest of the, them are heading one way he's heading the other way he gets captured by a gang of uh, Vietnamese drug a drug gang basically yeah, yeah. led by a 12 year old boy yes and so they all live on this this single manufacturing plant in the middle of the jungle mm-hmm. and they have very little communication with the outside world they mm-hmm. only have one DVD and it happens to be the Ben Stiller classic, Simple Jack. Oh yeah, which we haven't talked about yet. No. So and and this is where I was like, 
I don't really know where this one lands. Yeah. Like the blackface, I'm, I'm comfortable with my opinion on that. Uh-huh. But this one, I don't know. St- still don't know? Yeah. Again, I feel like it was making fun more of actors who play... Well, it was just, again, big old Tom Hanks shade. Yeah. And Sean Penn as well. Sean Penn did a film called I Am Sam where he played a guy with learning difficulties, which they reference as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all that. So Ben Stiller's character has been trying to like escape from this action franchise that he's in. So he tried to do like a serious movie called Simple Jack where he tried to win an Oscar by, you know playing a guy with mental difficulties and you see the trailer and it is just Forrest Gump if Forrest Gump had no sensitivity whatsoever it's just yeah ludicrous yeah he has this whole conversation with Robert Downey Jr where he's talking about how he's really disappointed he worked really hard and then Robert Downey Jr gives the uh, the infamous you never go full retard speech yeah <laughs> there's quite a few bits of this film that happen and then like oh that's where that meme came from yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and this is definitely one of those kind of films yeah mm. um, yeah it felt like they really enjoyed saying the R word though like, yes they did didn't they it felt like okay let's make sure we can say it as many times as possibly yeah. more times than were necess- strictly necessary but. yeah <laughs> yeah I'm not sure if that one, if that one landed too well either mm-hmm. but yeah I liked the I liked the spoofing of actors doing those kind of roles because it is a bit you know at this point it's quite tired for actors to just play people with mental health problems especially like learning difficulties but yeah, it was also again. It, it walked that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly did. Everybody knows you never go full retard. What do you mean? Check it out. Dustin Hoffman, Ray Man, look retarded, act retarded, not retarded. Count two picks, cheated cards, autistic, show, not retarded. You got Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump, slow yes, retarded maybe, braces on his legs, but he charmed to pan himself next to him and he won a ping pong competition. That ain't retarded. He was a goddamn war hero. Right. You know any retarded war heroes? You went full retard, man. Never go full retard. Uh, what happens next? So that film bombed, pretty much killed his career. It got horrible reviews. But the drug people absolutely love it. Yeah. Cause it's the only thing they've got. Yeah, because they kidnap him and they don't know who he is at first and they're torturing mm. him and he ends up saying a line from the film because he's like stuttering. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then they recognise that he's Simple Jack and they he's it's like, it's our favourite movie. We've only got one DVD in this camp, yeah. so... <laughs> And then they force him to recreate it live mm. on stage, like three times a night. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, again, just really, really funny. But then he's into it as well. Yeah, he gets like, into it because he like starts getting a bit of positive feedback. Yeah, like he, he forms this strong bond with that little boy. Well, um, he thinks he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little half shaft. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but he, he pretty much thinks that, like, oh, I'm, I'm that boy's dad now. Yes. Yeah. It's weird. But again, it's all it, it's all delusion. It's all in his own head. Oh, completely, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then, eventually, the rest of the crew, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Jack Black, and the other two, they do track down where where the drug place is. Yeah, uh, I think they just happen to be walking past it. I'm not too mm-hmm. sure. And then they spot that oh, he's doing simple Jack over there. It's <laughs> um, like damn, I thought the movie was bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so then they, they kind of mount a rescue, which I really loved Robert Downey Jr. dressing up as one of the locals. Yeah, even, Robert like, Downey Jr. Like o- over his blackface. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. somehow in this film manages to get away with doing blackface and yellow faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't say the man doesn't have range. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and they've got Jack Black still in his underpants, just tied to the back of a yak, like, mm-hmm. just being whipped. He's just bait, essentially. He has basically bait, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what are the other two doing? Uh, they're just watching because they're basically Robert Downey Jr. is distracting them with Jack Black. Oh, yeah, he's that's like giving it, yeah. them Jack Black as a hostage, mm. and then the other two are like creeping behind to try and break into the camp and rescue the other guys who've been kidnapped. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and they don't actually realise that uh, Danny McBride and 
Nick Nolte. Yeah, Nick Nolte's character, um, Jeff Portnoy or something? <clears throat> I can't remember. No, Jeff Portnoy's strap black. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, probably not important. Probably not important. Um, but yeah, they, they don't realise that those two guys have been captured, and so they mm. do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, like, uh, Danny McBride's been having this whole kind of breakdown, like, did I just kill the director of the movie? Yeah, because he thinks his pyrotechnics blew up the director, when actually it was just an, an unexploded landmine. So, yeah, yeah, from the actual Vietnam War. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps re- referring to his old jobs and how he's like, I nearly blinded Jamie Lee Curtis on the set of Freaky Friday. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Great. But yes, yeah, so him, him and the original sergeant, played by Nick Nolte, mm. they end up getting kidnapped as well. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Nick Nolte's character is a big old fraud and he, he hasn't lost his hands because he pulls his gloves off and he actually has working hands. Mm-hmm. And he's just faked the whole thing. So. <laughs> just another fun little detail. Because mm-hmm. um, yes. then when Jack Black finds him, he goes, you grew hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, so they mount this whole about attack and rescue and stuff and it, it pretty much goes to plan more or less um, yeah <laughs> mostly I mean Ben still needs a bit of convincing to actually leave oh yeah Ben still thinks he's like one of the people now like. yeah and so they have a helicopter that's that's come in and it's landed and it's on one side of a bridge which Danny McBride rigs with explosives and then they recreate the first scene of the actual film yeah um where, you know, Ben Stiller's on the middle of the bridge. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. goes back to go and, like, say, hey, man, you need to go now. You need to mm-hmm. come with us. And he's like, oh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and live with them. Yeah. And so he just walks off the bridge, big emotional sort of goodbye. Adi J gets in the, in the helicopter. And then suddenly Ben Stiller's like, I was wrong! Yeah. <laughs> and he's running, and his little adopted child is, like, stabbing him in the back. Yeah. And then he flings the kid across <laughs> yeah. the bridge. I think there's a Wilhelm scream, possibly. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, is that standard? It's just, again, it just reaches these levels of ridiculousness that you just can't help but laugh. Mm. And so then that's where it starts recreating the original mm-hmm. thing where, you know, like he's being chased down and he doesn't get shot millions of times, but, no. you know, it's close. And he gets to the helicopter and then somebody, the kid has an, an RPG and yeah. it's going to be like, oh, shit, that's, that's, that's going to get us. And yeah. yeah, so this is the one where at the start, Ben Stiller caught it with his hands and his hands took the brunt of it or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And in this one, luckily, Matthew McConaughey turns up at last minute just being like, I've got your TiVo! Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to see a side movie where we find out how he got there like, to yeah. the jungle. And like, also how he got back. Because like, he throws the TiVo up and like, you know, catches the RPG with it and protects the guys in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And then they just fly off. Yeah. Like, he's still in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's a movie in itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I think that's pretty much it. After that, we I think we cut to the Oscars. Yeah, and he... Ben Stiller wins his Oscar for Best Actor for... Yeah, presented by Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So. But I love the detail that Tobey Maguire actually got Oscar nominated as well for playing the, oh, the gay monk. <laughs> He's one of the other nominees in that role. Like, <laughs> nice. And you've got, uh, again, just so much shade, you've got Tom Hanks playing like a Paralympian guy, like in a wheelchair running mm-hmm. a race. And you've got Sean Penn playing a blind guy. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. It's a lot of fun, yeah. And yet, inexplicably, Ben Stiller wins an Oscar for of a film that's not a film or is it a, did he make the, I was confused is this the footage that they s- collected from this where s- several people actually died or did they have to go back and make a film about the making of the film after that or like I think that it was the footage that they collected but then also a couple other bits okay sure I, I, I would guess but I mean who knows okay. <laughs> yeah that's it and for the for the credits we just get uh, Tom Cruise just dancing away yeah, to Soldier the, Boy or something the time of his life yeah uh, <laughs> He's doing, like, a, he's doing a really good job as well. Yeah, I feel like that wasn't even... I don't think that was even choreographed. I think this, they just was like, oh, Tom's dancing. Let's, let's yeah. film this. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. It was funny. I had a good time with this one. Yeah. yeah, it was. A lot of good details, and I'm very glad I picked it. I'm very glad I've seen it. It's been on my list for a while. Yeah, same, same. It's one I've not, I've not seen before now, and um, mm. yeah, it was and very it's just, entertaining. It's just great now thinking of Robert Downey Jr. only as Iron Man, which is, you know, in the later part of the film's a semi-serious character. Yeah. There's not very many jokes, and not very many sort of silly situations, and mm. then going to this, where it's just... Okay, he's in a blonde wig and black face and blue contacts. There's still a bit of the yellow face on him as well. Yeah. <laughs> and he's talking in an Australian accent. He does an Australian accent. He does his stereotypical black accent. He yeah. Does, he, does, he does it all. Like, so. Yeah. <laughs> he's got his British accent at one point as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, he's, the man shows a lot of range. It, yeah. it is, in many ways, it is a Oscar-worthy, you know, showcase. It's like, mm-hmm. what can't he do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, do you have a favourite line from this movie? Uh, yes, I think. I've, I've got a fair few written down here. Mm-hmm. To be honest, one of my drinking games is to drink for one-liners. Sure, sure, sure. Because sure. there are so many. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's Never Go Full Retard. That's a good one. Yeah. I do quite like, I don't read the script. The script reads me. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes no sense. No, no. I, I think probably the best one of the film, and one I've seen around the place, is me. I know who I am. I'm a dude, playing a dude, disguised as another dude. <laughs> Well, you've not said my favourite rabbit from Danny Jr. one, which is, I don't break characters till the DVD commentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, next on the list, actually. Oh, yeah. sorry. Okay. Suck my unit. Suck my unit. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Anything else? Not really. Do you want to get to some drinking games? Yeah, sure. So, my first one was drink for one-liners. Sure, we've covered those. Yeah. yeah. Um, drink for ridiculously over-the-top violence. Yeah, sure. Exploding hands, exploding heads. Yeah, I've got know. drunk for gore. Gore. Well, yeah, just basically gore, yeah. Mm. Guts hanging out. Like, they yeah. really... Whoever did the costume design, I don't know if they were Oscar-nominated or, like, for the effects and stuff, but they they had they always had a good time. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> drink for every every new character introduction. Oh, okay, that's good. It is a, it's a big cast. Mm, there's yeah. a lot of characters in this. None of them really get introduced, like, as one big group. No, yeah, you, you get... That's what the trailers are for, really. You get mm. a lot of them individually, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink for... Use of the R word. Yeah, so great. Just help you get through it. <laughs> yeah. Feel a little bit less nervous. Yeah. Uh, drink for a wig. Oh, yes. Some good wig work in this. Yeah. I enjoy a lot of Jack Black's wigs. Especially his last, his Oscar wig is really good. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I did quite like Robert Downey Jr. taking his wig off. And there's another wig underneath. Yeah, he did a double yeah. wig reveal. It was great. <laughs> uh, obviously, Tom Cruise is bald cap yeah well Tom Cruise is wearing a face wig a body wig he's barely there yeah he's somewhere maybe he's his real eyes I don't know yeah. <laughs> the fake arms just got me so much like just weird why <laughs> just, there was no need but it was just made it extra funny yeah <laughs> these big like meaty hairy arms with mm-hmm. like giant hands like, did you see his hairy chest at one point yeah yeah like, yeah like yeah. poking through the V of his shirt yeah, it was yeah. just weird <laughs> Because I feel like I think of Tom Cruise as being someone who probably has very little body hair. Like, yeah. If any. He's yeah. Like, probably somebody who's very hairless. So. Mm. Drink for Simple Jack references. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, my next, my, my last one is drink for fake movie clips. Oh, okay, yeah. Because it's not just the ones at the start. There are actually just a few little Simple Jack things and yeah. uh, whatever Jack Black's things. Yeah, you see a few flashbacks to that as well. Yeah. yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's a good Hollywood making fun of Hollywood kind of film. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, drink every time a woman speaks. <laughs> this film I, I will say it has zero female characters it, do, it is yeah. a very masculine film yeah it's not often that I actually notice that in a film mm-hmm. because obviously a lot of films are very just male orientated but this one I was like this really does feel like it's lacking just like a, a, a female comedian anyone because it's not like they don't exist in 2008 no 
even like he could have been playing an assistant or anything, you know. Like, mm. oh, we've got a Vettel Brown. A Vettel Brown has all of one line. Yeah, he's basically an extra. Yeah, I think the most speech. Speaking... I mean, she's basically an extra in most things she does. I don't to think be fair, yeah, shame. But I think the most speaking role for any woman might actually be Maria Menounos, who's the a, a real life like entertainment journalist. She she does the when she presents the. Oh uh, yeah, saying so, no, the film's a month behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm pretty sure she has the most lines for a woman in the entire mm. film, and she's not even really a character. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, manly, manly film. <laughs> but it didn't feel like it was too much for sort of men being men, and you know, talking about penises and mm. no. Stuff well, like I, that. I, I mean, it certainly did have that, but yeah. it didn't feel like that's what this film was. No, no, no. Well, that, it's a thing as well. If you make a war, yeah. a lot of war films don't have female characters. Like mm. Saving Private Ryan has no female characters. Dunkirk. Dunkirk has no female characters. Like if you make a war film, it's yeah, it's very easy to. It can be difficult to write them in. Yeah, you have to really go out of your way because mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. Depending on the story you tell. Mm-hmm. Then a tough year for Tug. The disappointing buddy comedy Chitlin and the Dude was followed by an ill-advised venture into serious dramatic territory. Simple Jack, the story of a mentally impaired farmhand who can talk to animals, was a box office disaster that many critics called one of the worst movies of all time. I got a good, good, good brain. I think you've got a fine brain, Jack. You make me happy. Okay, so I guess that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we do get on sequels, I just want to let your listeners know we are available on Patreon.com. So if you've enjoyed this episode, go to Patreon.com slash BeyondTheBoxSet and you can support us for as much or as little as you like. Mm-hmm. If you do so, we've got a few bonus features there. We've got a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, which every week we release a film review of mm-hmm. cinema releases. So, you know, two episodes a week now, if you if you, if you do that. Yeah. Yeah, more of our beautiful voices. Yeah, we just recently reviewed Aladdin. Right? Mm-hmm. Much to talk about. So, yeah, yeah, that is a film without many beautiful voices. No. And there's quite a lot coming up over the next few weeks, so there's definitely lots yeah, of Yeah, there are. I'm looking forward to watching loads of films. Got mm-hmm. Brightburn, Godzilla, Rocketman, mm-hmm. other stuff. Ma. Ma, oh, that's going to be a good time. Oh, Ma, yeah. Is that coming out in like a week? I think it's coming out soon, yeah. Mm, okay, great. Yeah. I have a bit of Octavia Spencer over here. Mm-hmm. Also, if you become a Patreon, you can advertise anything you like. We'll put a 30-second advert on the main show. Mm-hmm. Um, one advert per month per Patreon. Yep. I believe that's the way it is. That's the way it works, yeah. And uh, yeah, you can advertise whatever you want. It could be your own podcast, your own business, something that you just like. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you like the TV show Friends. Yeah. You just want to talk about Friends for a while. You're we, always pushing friends. It's dead. It's it, been gone for like 15 years. It doesn't need promoting anymore. It, Talk about a new show. No. Dead Like Me. It's no, great. No. Because if we keep talking about friends, then maybe we'll finally get that friends movie. Oh, I mean, okay. we'll all be disappointed, but it'll, this, it'll be there. You think this is going to be the thing that tips it for them? You don't know. Okay. Fine. Maybe. I'm not sure I even want it. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Um, you're not helping their cause here. Sorry. Yeah, and the, uh, the the final thing you get, uh, once a month we have a Patreon on to come on the main show and, yep. uh, you know, pick a film for us. You can actually come on and guest if you want. You can Skype in. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want to, then just tell us a film and we'll do that for you. Yeah. That's always good. Um, yeah, and then the final thing is you get access to our deluxe Facebook group. Yes. Uh, where we have weekly conversations about different things that are happening in the, in the podcast yeah, world. We just, just get to meet other people who like the show and just chit-chat about films, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Good group, good energy. Yeah. All that is available at patreon.com slash set. Indeed. 
Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. All right, John, when you're ready. Okay, cool. So, I don't know about you, but I t- kind of struggled this week. Oh, I definitely struggled I think comedy this week. Is, I think comedy is really hard, and this film is, was particularly difficult because it's kind of quite a self-contained, you know, piece of humor. Mm-hmm. Right, it's, it's, it's a film that makes fun of filmmaking. Yeah. So... Yeah, I kind of struggled to come up with a really strong concept for a sequel. So I have done one of my usual tricks, which is to come up with three kind of loose concepts, and then maybe <laughs> you can help me out and figure out which one you like best. Okay. Well. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So my first one is just a straight sequel. Mm. So it's basically same concept, same actors, just good old cast reunion sequel, mm. but do the old trick of changing the context a little bit. So instead of being a war movie, I think it is the cast reunites to make a film set in space. Like a, maybe it's like the, the reuniting for like a first man kind of style, you know, very serious space drama. Right, sure. Yeah. Okay. And then they they go to an actual space camp for some kind of immersive training. You don't want to do like a, an Apollo 13 thing where you've actually got like multiple characters in a space situation? That could work too, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just thinking of them doing like a serious Oscar-y kind of, you know. Yeah. Which Apollo 13 was as well, so yeah. Mm. Yeah, so they end up going to a space camp for some very immersive training. And due to a complicated series of mix-ups, they end up stranded on Mars. Great. Yeah. That's been a theme for our podcast for the past couple of months. It has, it? yeah. So I'm just going to keep bleeding it till it's dry. Yeah. <laughs> Mars is very dry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, now it's even drier. So yeah, they all end up on Mars, and then we're going to riff on the Martian a little bit, which mm-hmm. again, we've been doing a lot of recently. But um, like I said, it was a tough week. I had to take my ideas wherever I get them. Mm. So I feel like we should definitely have a reenactment of the Steve Coogan thing. Yeah. So I think, once again... When the Steve Coogan landmine. The landmine moment. Yeah. So I think when they end up on Mars, Ben Stiller, once again, thinks he, it's all like a, a big deception he's delusional about it so he takes off his helmet and his head instantly explodes so Ben still is only in it for a minute <laughs> <laughs> great great just because it surprised people it'd be funny so. yeah nothing against Ben still just you know couldn't think of anything else for him to do <laughs> so the rest of the cast need to learn how to survive and kind of wait to be rescued mm. so again it's basically the Martian so I feel like Jack Black is going to use his power of flatulence you know from his fart movies to uh, try and fertilise the potatoes with some truly disgusting results Right, okay, yeah. Well, he probably produces the most, you know. No, no, I was, yeah. Well, and maybe, like, the methane as well. But, like, it's, it's, it's his gift. He can, he can just fart on command. Sure. I mean, more what I thought you were going to say is that, like, he's in a situation where his space jetpack has run out of fuel. Okay. And so then he needs to just, by the power of fart, like, move around. Say That's... it's say, say it's gravity. Uh-huh. Say, like, <laughs> okay. switch Sandra Bullock for Jack Black. Okay, And yeah. this has nothing to do with your idea now. I mean, I like that too, yeah. <laughs> and he has, just has to fart his way from space station to space station. That's better. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forget the potatoes. That works much better. <laughs> <laughs> and he can be really annoyed because he doesn't want to be defined as the farting guy, but ultimately it's like it saves his life. Yeah. So it, he comes to terms with the fact that he is just, you know, the fart king of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Robert Downey Jr. was cast as the ship's engineer mm. and because he's obviously full method all the time he insists on continuing in that role even though he doesn't actually know anything about technology right so he's trying to do all the complicated science stuff even though he doesn't understand it so that's so that's going to lead to a lot of disasters and many explosions great yeah again I'm thinking of when Matt Damon in The Martian accidentally blows himself up mm-hmm. I feel like Robert Downey Jr. is probably doing that on a daily basis yep without right. breaking character okay by doing so is from each explosion is his face getting darker and darker each possibly, time possibly yeah it's just, just a slight little yeah, little easter egg just a little. yeah <laughs> and at what race can he be this time maybe he's like he's done Asian he's done black what else is there oh that's it that's oh, maybe he's like Mexican Mexican he's, oh, he's a Mexican engineer <laughs> and he's going to be wearing some kind of sombrero at some point just mm-hmm. so yeah you know, who doesn't wear a sombrero in space? You know, yeah. Is it going to be like on top of his space helmet? Yes, yes, perfect, yeah. great. Perfect. Yeah, maybe that's like his thing. Like as part of his method acting, he has to have never like, takes the hat off. Yeah, he has to have a thing that like helps him connect to the character, and that for him <laughs> is this really offensive sombrero that yeah. he just wears all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's him, uh, Al Pacino, the rapper. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Sorry, I keep saying Alpha. Al Pacino, the rapper. He didn't have much in the original film. He was basically there again, kind of as a straight man, also to kind of comment on the fact that Robert Downey Jr. is you know, doing a very offensive blackface performance. Mm-hmm. But one thing he did have was that he was in the closet, which mm. they only really have like one scene of. It's like he says he want, he's in love with someone called Lance. And at the end of the film, it cuts to him at the, the Oscars with Lance Bass from NSYNC. So. <laughs> so yeah, I was thinking maybe he falls in love with the ship's computer, which has like a male voice and it could just be a stupid, <laughs> absurd little... You know? <laughs> Maybe he programs it to, you know, like it's Siri, you can choose a male or female voice. Ah, he chooses yeah, to like give it a male voice. Yeah. And he's like communicating with the ship's computer and he ends up falling in love with this computer. Okay. Is there going to be any kind of sex scene? I mean, there could be. Maybe with one of his songs. is like, I love the pussy songs playing while he sticks his dick in an electric shock socket. I don't know. I'm not thinking it's like a full sex bot. I think mean, it's literally electric just like a voice. Electric shock socket. Ele- electric. No, I, said, I was going to say electric <laughs> socket and then I kind of stuttered. <laughs> is that not what they're for? Yeah. I don't know. Um... Yeah, and I was, I was thinking more that it's not like a full sex, it's not like data, it's not like a, a full humanoid robot. Mm. It's more just like a, a, vo- a, just a voice, like Siri style. Yeah, yeah. And he's just, because it's a very lonely, stuck on Mars kind of thing, he just ends up having this weird, crazy, absurd love affair with a disembodied computer voice. Mm-hmm. So. How about as a, just kind of a small detail, mm-hmm. whenever he's on screen, as long as he's in the computer base, mm-hmm. he's always just like stroking a laptop or something. He's just yeah. always just a little bit, a little bit aroused because he's currently inside. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that works. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like you've thought about this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> May have come up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and they somehow managed to set up communications back on Earth. mm but instead of talking to a space control room, they end up talking to, of course, Matthew McConaughey and Tom Cruise. Oh, yes, great. So Matthew McConaughey is obviously going to be very distressed to learn that uh, Ben Stiller has died. You know, that's his number one client. He loves mm-hmm. him. Uh, he never even got that TiVo. And obviously Tom Cruise is just going to be full on villainy, kind of wondering whether it's worth it to even try and save them or whether it's best to just let them all die. Like, yeah. what's going to make more money for the studio? Yeah. Oh, and Jay Baruchel, the character who played like the, the younger guy. Yeah. He, I think, is going to get struck by some space debris. Okay. In, in the stomach. Yeah. And his, his guts are actually going to fall out. Great. Yeah, just another little nod to the original. So. Yep, lovely. But lovely. he will survive. He'll, they'll put it back in. Somehow they'll vacuum seal it. <laughs> it works. I keep getting reminded of, this might be a bit obscure for some listeners, the dog soldiers. I thought of dog did. soldiers as well, yeah. It's, it's a very similar joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just hold them in. Put it back in. They won't fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Ben Stiller had ever seen dog soldiers, but yeah, it's a very similar joke. Yeah. So. Uh, and yeah, ultimately they decide Matthew McConaughey is going to convince Tom Cruise to 
fund a rescue mission because mm. in this universe a space rescue mission is going to be funded by Hollywood not by NASA so yeah sure just for reasons uh, so they're going to end up mounting a rescue mission but instead of being of sending trained astronauts they're going to send another cast of actors mm, okay. to rescue them mm. who are also going to be like in character mm-hmm. just as maybe backups or something so this crew is going to be Will Ferrell mm-hmm. John Favreau mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of every actor's like counterpart so Ben Stiller Will Ferrell both do yeah. sure yeah John Favreau obviously Works a lot with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, because he's worked with Jack Black on Jumanji. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jack Black doesn't have, like, apart from, like, the other guy from Tenacious D, which mm. is a bit of an obscure reference. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So at least uh, him and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you know, bounce off each other quite well. That works, yeah. Gary Oldman, just another serious method actor. Yes. And uh, Chris Rock. Standard, standard yeah. 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 Uh, so they're all in full method, and they're, they're sent on, on a rescue mission. And that's as far as I got that. Yeah, so okay. I like they, they, I, I feel like they do ultimately save the day and rescue them and obviously then win a load more Oscars for their space rescue movie based on a movie. So Yeah, yeah. no, I like it. Mm-hmm. Very much a rehash of the first one, but some, sometimes that's just what sequels are like. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second idea, which is even smaller. Sorry, does that first one have a title or not? Oh, uh, did it have a title? I'm not sure. Oh, just Tropic Thunder 2 Galaxy Quest? Sure. This film is basically Galaxy Quest. That's another thing. That oh, I guess, yeah, isn't it? Very, very similar, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. it makes sense. So you just tie that together a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so my second idea is called Tropic Thunder 2, period movie. Great. And it is an all-female reboot. Because... Oh, it's not the right kind of period, is it? Well, it's both. Okay. It's, it's a pun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, I was, as I mentioned, I did really notice that this film was very light on female characters. So mm-hmm. I thought, what, what would you do if you made a similar movie but with an all-female cast? Mm-hmm. And because women don't often get cast in war movies, it would probably would just be like a period film. Yeah. So it's an all-female reboot. Of, it's the same concept. They're all... I'm thinking they're all shooting like a minor Jane Austen or maybe they're doing a production of Little Women or something. Again, mm. it's going to be very oscar and serious. Yeah. And maybe they're shooting in the American outback where then they end up getting stranded on a... Is it the Amish? Like these, these, you know, these communities that just live completely as if it's the, 19th, the 17th century stuff. Yeah, I think so. So I think they're going to end up... St- like They go to the outback to try and like live as... 17th century women you know so mm-hmm. maybe it's little women maybe it's more like that kind of really oldie worldy American kind of thing mm-hmm. so they do that and they end up unbeknownst to themselves they're actually on a real Amish community and they think they're still acting but everyone else is really living like it's the 17th century mm-hmm. they've essentially gone back in time but not yeah. gone back in time yeah that was, that was my thought and all I was thinking of this is who could you cast as like in a female version of this film uh, so I thought for the Ben Stiller role you could have Jennifer Lawrence Okay. Because, not entirely the same, but she kind of has, you know, she has her action movies, she mm. she was an Oscar darling, she won an Oscar, got mm. those Oscar nominations, and then she's had a bit of a backlash, and mm. at the moment I think like she's, you know, she, I'm sure she'll make a combat, but right now like, she could she could use a hit. Mm. So maybe it's like, she could make fun of herself, and this kind of like, how she's on a bit of a downward spiral, and she's getting a lot of, you know, probably unfair criticism and stuff, and she's trying, she hopes that this will be the one that will get her back on track, so. Mm. Yeah. She needs this. Uh, for Robert Downey Jr., I thought Kate Blanchett. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, sending herself up as a very kind of serious method actress, you know, she's mm-hmm. really committing to the material completely. Maybe she never breaks character mm-hmm. as well. Jack Black, a bit obvious, but Rebel Wilson, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. That works. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have anyone for Jay Baruchel, because he's kind of just, he's kind of a nothing character, so I, I couldn't really think of her. Mm. I don't know, it has to be someone like young and up and coming. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Ugh, let's just throw Lucas Hedges in there, <laughs> just because we haven't used him in a while. He, he's male. Oh, you're right. I've messed up the whole thing. <laughs> Never mind. Um, Jay, no, Lucas Hedges is playing a trans character, maybe. Okay, sure. As a nod to the original film, using a lot of offensive material. 
Maybe that's, that's just happening. That is some creative unimagination you've got right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lucas Hedges is the first ever trans performance in a period movie. And obviously he's, it's very offensive and very wrong. Mm-hmm. And everyone else hates it, but that's what he's doing. Because yeah. he wants the Oscar. So, yeah. yeah. Good Alternatively, save, Nicholas Holt's doing the same thing. I could see that happening. Actually, yeah, that might be better. Mm. Yeah. No, I like that. That, that, would, that probably is a little bit better. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then for Brendan T. Jackson, Al Pacino, I was thinking Ressa from Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah, that works really Someone well. who can just, like, comment on, like, the absurdity of it all. Like, yeah. Also, like... That's the, entirely her character, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> and also to be a black character in a period movie. She'd be mm. like, this ain't going to end well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's all I had with that. Just, I, I imagine it would play out along similar lines. It would just be a lot of misadventures and misunderstandings and... Mm-hmm. Maybe someone gets the plague, you know. Yeah, yeah, yep, that works. Yeah. And eventually they manage to get out of it and win Oscars, and it all works out really well for them. Sounds good. Yeah. And I think you could also do some really fun fake trailers at the beginning of that as well. Oh, Always yeah. that just send up themselves, like Jennifer Lawrence in like a Red Sparrow kind of like really terrible fake Russian accent. You, mm-hmm. know? you could just play the trailer for Red Sparrow, really. It's mm-hmm. a terrible film. You could have Kate Blanchett doing one of her very serious Oscar movies with mm-hmm. a great wig, you know. Rebel Wilson in one of her big one of her comedies where it's just all, all the jokes about her size you know just, just 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 do it all just really let them send themselves up yeah <laughs> and finally my third idea is a meta sequel mm. which is going to be a film that's based on the making of a sequel to of the actual film Tropic Thunder okay if that makes sense uh, yeah maybe. so they're literally going to play themselves right so it's Robert Downey Jr. is playing Robert Downey Jr. okay etc so I was thinking for this it's a similar thing to the other two. I'm just thinking like where the characters might be at. So Robert Downey Jr. is obviously now the biggest action star on the planet. Mm-hmm. Consequently, his famously sky-high fees for any film appearances that he does are swallowing the entire budget of this movie. Mm. So they're trying to make like a historical epic. Um, they've all reunited again. But because he's demanding like $100 million to return, the movie has like no budget for anything else. Like they've splurged it all on getting him back. Yeah. So Ben Stiller, much like Ben Stiller in real life, has made a few kind of serious movies in the past few years, but none of them have really gone over. None of them have really got much attention. Mm-hmm. So he's feeling a little bit, much like his character in the original Tropic Thunder a little bit, he's feeling a little bit bitter and insecure that all people ever want from him these days is for him to do like sequels to all of his old comedy movies. Like, you know, they've done a Zoolander 2. You know, this is going to be Tropic Thunder 2. I think mm-hmm. they've done about five nights at the museums now. Yeah, I was going to say. Keep, they just keep churning them out. And yeah. that's... Feels like Ben Stiller's in a bit of a rust at the moment. Yeah. He, he, needs a bit of a, he needs a bit of a breakthrough. So he, he can make fun of himself for that in mm-hmm. this. Uh, Jack Black is just sick to death of playing crazy comedic characters all the time. Mm-hmm. He's sick of putting his back out all the time from all the jumping around he has to do. He's got no sense of humour. He's completely miserable in real life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's going to be him. He's just going to be a complete misery the whole time. But then it's like, when he's on, he's on. Yeah. It's like he's, he's a miserable, joyless, soulless, but as soon as the camera's on, he just goes, well, hey, crazy Jack Black's back. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it'd be a good way for him to make fun of himself, which I'm sure he would enjoy doing. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, and Tom Cruise has been promoted to lead after his breakout cameo in the last film. Mm-hmm. And of course, he is just exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> He's just adding more and more crazy. Like, Why don't we do this and this and this? What if I've got three heads and just, you know, just nonsense stuff. <laughs> three heads? I don't know. I just put it out. I, just, I, I was spitballing. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and he's also midway through training for the next Mission Impossible movie, so mm-hmm. his entire body is just a complete wreck because he is like sixty. So he's mm-hmm. he's both crazy and crippled. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think that'd be yeah, again, pretty funny. And yeah, that, that was pretty much all I got with that. I was thinking that yeah, the plot for the sequel is going to be that they're going to be now that they're all like won an Oscar for the original Tropic Thunder movie and that went over mm-hmm. so well, they've all come back to do a very serious period drama. Oh, sorry, this is the plot of the film within the film. 
the plot of the film within the film is that they're making like a period drama based on like the Wars of the Roses or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. And so they're all doing like ridiculous British accents. Mm. Which I think it'd be fun. But because of Robert Downey Jr.'s fees swallowing, swallowing up all the budget, they're having real problems with like all the battle scenes. They can't mm. afford any extras. So everything's shot in like tight close up with like two extras fighting to represent a whole battle. And mm. it's going to be like, like when Monty Python do battle scenes and it's all deliberately cheap and looks stupid. Yeah. I think it might be like that. So, okay, yeah. And, and it's just going to follow their misadventures as they try and make this ridiculous movie work with zero budget and a bunch of actors who are all complete nightmares. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that was that. I like it. Very good. Do you have a favourite of those three? Or? I think the space one. Space, yeah, the space one was the one I had the, mm. I'd felt I'd, the most force out with. Mm. The other two were a little bit, mm, yeah. Yeah. I had an idea, but I didn't really have anything to carry it all the way through, so. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Okay, well, I will go on to mine. Cool. We keep saying cool. Cool, 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 cool. Well, it is cool. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this one is going to be about, you know, real time later, about ten or so years later. Okay, sure. Um, after the extremely successful and multiple Oscar-winning release of Tropic Thunder. Sure. Including a posthumous award for Damien Cockburn for directing. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I mean, well, it feels undeserved, but sure. He gave his life. He did, I guess, to, to be fair, he did give his life. <laughs> How is that not deserved? <laughs> oh, can we have a little shot of the In Memoriam from the Oscars? Like someone singing Wind Beneath My Wings or something. It just shows, him, shows his like disembodied head or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh! No. Just with Ben Stiller like licking the entrails. Like. Yeah, and then I guess that have to be filled with like other celebrity cameos as well. Oh yeah, we could make a joke of like all the other celebrities who died in the past ten years. Yeah, but like ones who haven't really died, but just like make fun of them. Yeah, throw Meryl Streep in there. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who else is big that wasn't mentioned in this? Maybe it's just, it's just Meryl Streep and, and nobody else. Like. Yeah. <laughs> or just kill everyone who everyone loves. Like Tom Hanks is dead now. Sally Field's dead now. Like, mm. All the most beloved people that people don't want to die. <laughs> just kill them all in increasingly <laughs> grotesque and ridiculous ways. <laughs> yeah. like, Meryl Streep got like flattened by a bit of falling stairs. Yeah. Like, Tom Hanks, um, his head exploded or something, you know, pyrotechnics error, just, just stupid stuff. Right? Crashed a plane. Crashed a plane, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, Tom Hanks lost at sea. Yeah. No one knows where he is. <laughs> lost at sea, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Art imitating life, yeah. <laughs> Harrison Ford stabbed through the chest by a Star Wars fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway continue. Um, so out of respect for the director, there has not been a single attempt at a sequel, prequel, or spin-off in oh, this wow, time. Okay. Um, until now, for the 10-year anniversary. Okay. So this is going to be a straight remake, um, starring a brand new cast. Oh, great. Um, it's going to be directed by... Uh, I've picked Julianne Moore. She's directing it? Yeah, she's... Oh, she's she playing... A, is it playing herself as a director, or is she directing... She's playing a director? She, she is just going to be directing a film that's supposed to be there. But is Julianne Moore directing the film, or is she playing a director, if you know what I mean? She's playing a director in my idea. Sure, well, yeah, yeah. that works. She, she's never directed a film, so she, but I like the idea of her playing a director. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, is that because we watched Boogie Nights recently, and she directed some, some adverts and stuff? Some documentaries yeah, yeah, she just sprung to mind for some reason. Sure. I mean, I came up with somebody else first who just didn't actually really fit, but okay. yeah, then I just switched through in at the last minute. Um, so as uh, Kirk Lazarus, mm-hmm. we're going to have James Franco. I can see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, I kind of resisted it, and then I was like, no, actually, that works very well. Yeah. Be... And you can yeah. probably see where I'm going with this. Tugs Beban, Jonah Hill. Yeah, okay, yeah. Jeff Portnoy, Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, all, it all fits quite well. Yeah. Al Pacino, Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah. And then the last guy, the young and upcoming guy, Kevin Sandusky, uh, Dave Franco. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Just throw him in there. It feels like the similar, similar kind of crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the director, um, Danielle Titburn. Danielle Titburn. Yeah. Nice, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Would that be pronounced Tyburn in a real world? But like, Probably, yeah. yeah. 
She has a plan for a film which her her lead male actors have all been given a script for, mm-hmm. um, but they're not told what the whole plan is as she plans a few surprises along the way oh, okay. to kind of you know take them off script and get them into a weird mood and hope that that's going to mm. work out to be yeah. a a genuine remake of the original. Tropic yeah, as in, in tribute to the original. Sure. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because that, that's how that did well. It was yeah. just a big sort of spontaneous thing, really. Sure. Yeah. After filming the first few scenes in which. You know, a very high, of course, Jonah Hill um, loses both hands and has that emotional scene with, again, a very high James Franco in blackface. Mm-hmm. Um, God. <laughs> I can picture it. <laughs> um, yeah, Danielle Titburn, she shouts cut, and they had to stop, and they go and take the toilet breaks and whatever. Um, and only the explosions expert knows what's going on. Explosions expert played by Aquafina. Nice, yeah. I can see that. That'd be a good role. I'd like her to just be sort of crazy, big red button, like, oh, I can't wait to make things blow up! That is, that's quite inspired, yeah. Mm. I'd like to see that. Um, she's the only person who knows the full plan, which is to accidentally blow up a line of trees uh, when the cameras aren't rolling, and this is supposed to give the actors the correct motivations to to act for. Okay. Now, unfortunately, because of shortage of toilets, you know, all, all, all the women are using the actual toilets and all the men, well, they're fine peeing just, you know, out. So they, they all go off to uh, pee by some trees. Oh, I see where this is going. And, uh, yeah, these unplanned explosions go off and all the men are killed. Oh, God. <laughs> so these, all these, so all these, like, James Franco, Seth Rogen types, they're just cameoing at the beginning of this film? Yeah, and they're, they're all gone then. They're all dead. Wow. What is, what, what is Hollywood going to do with all, I'd, all those high-quality it, it won't be the James same. Franco movies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, this has ruined the movie mm-hmm. um, as all the lead male actors have... Well, they've all blown up. Yeah. And uh, the film has now become an all-female remake, just by default. Oh, uh, okay. You have to quickly draft some women in at the last minute. Yeah, because obviously the studio bosses are not best pleased. Is there going to be a so Tom this Cruise is, style... This is where we get the subplot about the, the casting director back in LA, okay. who is absolutely freaking out after half of her clients have just been murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, this person is a character called Regina Falange. Okay. And she is, of course, played by Lisa Kudrow, doing her best Estelle impression. Okay, yeah, I like it. Is she going to be, like, in old ladies' prosthetics as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Old lady, like, smoking like a chimney. It's going to be, yeah. I like it, I like it. But also stressed out of her mind, Mm -hmm. because her boss is, like, really coming down on her, just being like, hey, this film needs to happen. We can't disrespect Tropic Thunder. Yeah. So. I mean, five beloved actors are dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, like, the film film needs to happen, and it's got to to work out. So this person, who is going to be Leslie Grosswoman, okay, um, <laughs> as opposed to Les Grossman, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is going to be played by Madonna. Oh, well, are you sure? <laughs> are you not? Have you seen Die Another Day? <laughs> I think Madonna, in the right energy, could do this fairly well. She okay, seems to she... play stressed and in a bald cap, fat suit, like you, what, oh, what, we'll put Madonna in a fat suit. Okay. Yeah, what, what of her is left at that point? Okay, sure. Um, Your acting talent and. Sadly, that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm sticking with this. It's going to be Madonna. She's going to be dancing to Soldier Boy. It's going to be okay. just awkward and like oof. Okay, who made this decision in the film? I mean, it would certainly be worth watching one way or another. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's all I want really. Uh, sure. I want Madonna to make fun of herself. I don't know if she can. I hope, I wish she could. Yeah, me too. Yeah, she's at that point where she needs to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's give her that opportunity. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So then, back to Vietnam. Uh, Danielle Titburn is very passionate about this film happening and being great and loyal to the original, and, you know, it's fantastic. But remember, it's a remake. It's not a sequel, it's a remake. Okay. So before word can get out to the wider world about the accident mm-hmm. with, you know, murdering 
many, many people. Yeah. And, you know, her inevitable arrest. Yeah. Actually, it's more like manslaughter. She didn't mean to kill them, did she? Correct, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, she sets some things in motion and uh, quickly casts five of the, uh, the the background extras who, being women, weren't peeing in the trees. So okay. they're still alive. Okay. So as uh, a now renamed Kate Lazarus. Okay. So in blackface, we have Amy Poehler. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. Obviously, to bounce off, uh, instead of Tug Speedman, we've got Tina Speedman. Tina Speedman? Tina Fey? Tina yeah. Fey, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah they, they bounce off each other well. They, they, they can work together. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on board so far. Um, Jill Portnoy uh-huh. is now Melissa McCarthy. I knew you were going to go with that, yeah. It lines up so it, well. It, it, yeah, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Al Pacino. Yeah. Um, same name, because I guess Alpa's made up. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Taraji P. Henson. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. She is fantastic, and also I think she can call out, like, offence made towards her very well. Yes. Oh, yeah, I like the idea of her and Amy Poehler in blackface. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I do and I don't. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would work well. If, if somebody's going to be, like, you know, sort of comedic about a character being in blackface. Yeah. I think and who, yeah, you need someone who's super likable and who's more likable than Amy Poehler to be able to get away with that. Yeah. Else, yeah, so, yeah. And then finally, my casting for uh, Karen Sandusky, the up-and-coming younger actor. Uh-huh. Natasha Lyonne. Oh, okay. Well, she's... Nikki from Andrew's New Black. No, I know who she is. Yeah. And I know she's not, like, early 20s or something. I was going to say, like, up and coming, she's, like, 40. <laughs> is she? Yeah, she's been around the block. I'm going to have a little look up at this. I reckon that she's, like, early 30s. Well, if she has, she's lived a life. Natasha Lyonne. 1979? So she'll be nearly 40. 89, 90, 90, 90, 90. She'll be 40 this year. Oh, yeah, she is looking fantastic for 40. Yeah, especially considering she was a heroin addict. Look at that! Yeah, she looks great. Yeah. Cool. Where was you I? can still cast if you want. Maybe that's a joke. Maybe she's like the... She looks great, but she no, no one knows she's secretly 40. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Danielle Titburn, she, she takes them out to the middle of the jungle, um, tells them that there are hidden cameras everywhere, they can capture every, every element of the performance, and yeah, knowing that because of the accident... Um, she's never going to walk free again. She's going to be arrested probably for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Certainly won't have a direct again. Yeah. And she wants to make a fantastic movie. She commits to her role in the film. Okay. So I she... would like to see this with Julianne Moore. Actually, the more you describe it, the more I think this is so, really fun. just as Damien Cockburn did, mm-hmm. she takes a deep breath, turns around, steps on landmine, oh, blows no. up, and she's gone. That's going to be a hard watch for me. I can't watch Julianne Moore blow herself up. But, but, okay. could you watch Tina Fey Holding Julianne Moore's severed head. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's an image. That's, a, that's an image for the internet. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all I've got here okay. in writing. Um, I don't really know where to, where else to go from there, because it's kind of just like an adventure in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I couldn't really go anywhere. I don't know if it would be the exact same thing or not. Maybe it is, but it's more like... Obviously, you don't want to do it for scene for scene. Mm. Maybe it is a similar kind of thing, but because they're women and they're not Hollywood stars in this world... Maybe they, they actually make all the right choices. Like, mm. They're not quite as stupid as the guys were. So That's a good show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they don't make as they're, they're much better at working as a team. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But there's still going to be lots of comedy mishaps and stuff, and maybe they'd have a run-in with a drug gang as well. And... Yeah, is Miss McCarthy still, um, still on drugs? What, in real life? No, 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 as in, in the Jackpot I was going to say, that's, 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 <laughs> what have you read? Um, <laughs> she could be, yeah, no, actually she should be, because that would, that, I think she could do that. She mm. has that similar Jack Blackish energy, doesn't she? Mm, she yeah. like, I'd like her to do that. You need to tie me to a tree! Yeah. Like, just to have her reshoot that whole, sh- yeah. Yeah. Is there going to be a, a, a redo of the line of like, you know, I'll cradle your balls, throw the shaft? Mm-hmm. Yes, but instead, maybe one of the other characters comes out as a lesbian, mm. and she's like, I will chow down on your vagina 
I don't know the terminology they use. <laughs> you're so gay. Okay. <laughs> I'll lick the hole. I don't know. I'll, find, I'll massage the clitoris. I'll, yeah. Do you, you don't know straight sex, do you? Or sex with women. Sex with women. Um, cool. Anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, that's, so, yeah, that's pretty much my idea. That was Tropic Thunder. Welcome back to the jungle. Oh, like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Cool. No, I think that that would be very funny. I, yeah, I think we both landed on this kind of female reboot as a good way of reviving the franchise. I think yours yeah. is best because you actually had an idea. Yeah, mine was just like, here's some women. So yeah, I know. I think your casting idea was better as well. So oh, like, like listeners, we tried to record this yesterday, but we couldn't because I had writer's block. My writer's block was pretty much I spent about three or four hours working on, on that casting. Yeah, <laughs> time well spent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's that. Um, Listener submissions? Yes. Do you have any? That's it. I do, yes. So first one I've got here from Brian John. He said, after the events of Tropic Thunder, a biopic is now being made with the same actors returning. So I guess that's kind of one of the ones that you did. Yeah. Um, well, a biopic is being made. Yeah. Okay. Um, somebody called 10 for 10. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do like this one, actually. He said, easy. All the original cast members are reunited as they've all joined an MCU-style shared universe. Mm-hmm. And it's come time for an Avengers Endgame-sized crossover event. So essentially, separately, mm-hmm. not in the Tropic Thunder reverse, okay. those three actors have all done their own things and it's all now coming together in a big joined universe. I see, okay. The twist slash danger can come when a crazed fan, mad about them not sticking to the source material, starts trying to kill them all by becoming a supervillain. Oh, I like that. That's good. That works really well. Yeah. It goes super meta. Yeah. So Ross Moynihan, who uh, guested on our La La Land episode. Yeah, remember it well. He says, they make a sequel set during the Cold War. And Ooh. a KGB infiltrate the film and have been arming the submarines used for filming with real weapons. Danny Jr. is so in character, he thinks there's unscripted improv and goes along with it. And they attack the USA and then Stiller and Black must stop them. A 90s thriller-style spy comedy. I'd love that. That is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said, also, I mean, work so I can't elaborate more. I, Ross, I think you've done more than enough there. That's a yeah, great idea. That is, I really like that. They accidentally declare war on their own country because they're so deep into character. That yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. For the Russians. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, up, well up for that. Yeah. Yep. Good call, Ross. Dwayne Dudman says, A sequel called Arctic Rain. Um, Danny Jr. heads to northern Alaska on a mission to find himself and becomes caught in a Palin-led conspiracy that... Sorry, Palin. No, Palin. Does it mean Sarah Palin? Alaska, Sarah Palin? Is that oh. what he's saying? Yeah. Oh, I, I guess. Sorry, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, gets caught in a Palin-led conspiracy that Russia is invading her front yard. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Sarah Palin. Yeah. Downey tries to blend in with the Inuit, undergoing surgery on the same vein as Tropic Thunder. Only in doing so, he is led to believe the correct term is innuendo, Eskimo, <laughs> and proceeds to make double entendres the entire film, climaxing, pun intended, when a Russian sub breaks the ice and he nearly has a stroke at the thought of all the semen jokes he can make. <laughs> wow, that, that, that took some turns, but yeah. yeah. Bit of a long walk, but I like it. Yeah, I like yeah, where yeah. it ended up, yeah. Nishan Garabedian says, make a sequel, a full-length movie of one of the fake trailers shown at the start of the movie. So you've got Satan's Alley, Scorcher, or The Fatties. Yeah. I, I would go with Satan's Alley. That's the one I'd like to see the most. Yeah, me too. Yeah, looks fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cody Anderson says, Les Grossman, the movie, an origin story as he climbs the ranks of Hollywood. Mm, that could, that, I think that, that works. I like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just steadily adding more prosthetics as he gets older. Like. Yeah. Because I was thinking that that performance was actually very like Jerry Maguire the later years. It was, yeah. <laughs> yes. Had that same kind of slightly manic energy. and like So maybe he starts as like a fresh-faced young, you know, 
Tom Cruise digitally de-aged Samuel L. Jackson style, like mm. almost basically reprising Jerry Maguire, like you know, as a fresh-faced young agent, mm. and then he, he rises the ranks to you know head of studio, just gets fatter and more aggressive <laughs> as the film goes on, fatter, bolder, and more aggressive. As the film yeah. goes on. Yeah. <laughs> I would like it as though he he keeps his hair and his his body in in check mm-hmm. until like he gets the job as like head executive, and then like a week later, a week later, yeah, just boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's all I've got. Okay, cool. I have some as well. Uh, Michael Schultz said, I was going to suggest Tropic Thunder in space, but that's literally just Galaxy Quest. So, yeah. Well done. Mm-hmm. Brian Everett said, TT2, Thunder Down Under. Ooh, yeah. Thunder Down Under. Yeah. Connor Crehan said, Tropic Thunder 2, Kirk Lazarus goes to racial sensitivity training. <laughs> Brian Markowski said, Arctic Tundra, a sequel within a sequel, as the original cast and crew from Tropic Thunder go to the Arctic Circle to shoot a movie about Vietnam vets crossing the Bering Straits only to ruffle up the feathers of a post-Cold War Russian army. So, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. John Scrafini said, Tropic Thunder 2, never go full retread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good, yeah. very good. Bill Phillips says, a serious Oscar bait drama with Tom Cruise's character. So mm. I guess that's just Jerry Maguire. Mm. Stuart Jipp said, 90 minutes of the cast apologising profusely for Tropic Thunder 1. So wow, not Jipp a fan. wasn't a fan, yeah. And Scott Rawlings said, Tropic Lightning. Yes. Obvious. Over on Twitter, as I used to watch this, said, Tom Cruise's character gets abducted on a business trip. The gang gets talked into rescuing him since they learned so much in the last movie. Somehow they managed to kill Tom instead of saving him. (laughs) And at Contrarian Prime said, Tug, uh, the Ben Stiller character, Mm -hmm. must have made the jump to directing by now. Mm -hmm. I guess that's because Ben Stiller now directs films as well as acting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that could be a, that could be fun actually. Maybe a film about him trying to turn his hand to directing, but maybe he's really terrible at it. Yeah, that works. What if they like they they've all turned their hands to directing? Yeah, um, and, and and maybe this is the shared universe that they're in. Mm. Like they're all directing films in the same universe. With very all... different results. Some of them yeah. really well. Some of them really poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. Good. And like Rob Downey Jr.'s one, he's directing and starring in every role. Yes, he's playing yeah. every character. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he wants that Oscar. Yeah, six Oscar. Cool. Yeah, hold on. That's yeah. where you talk. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, the <laughs> <laughs> so those were our sequel ideas for Tropic Thunder. If you have any sequel ideas for Tropic Thunder or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You name it, we're on it. If we're not on it, let us know. We will get on it. You can also support us by going to patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set and you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by searching beyond the box set or at beyond the box set on Twitter. We also have merch available exclusively at tpublic.com and we are a proud member of the Pave Media Podcasting Network. Go to pavemedia.net to find out how we can help you to connect with other podcasters and grow your audience. Great. Yep, that's that. Okay, so uh, next week we're starting a brand new season. Yay! Um, Glenn Close, the retread. There's so many Glenn Close classics we're not covered yet. No? No. <laughs> so yes, obviously after the Glenn Close season was uh, had mixed reviews. From you? From me. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pretty solid review from me, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, 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 we're going to share this one. We're going to, yeah. I think, to share seasons from now on. Yeah. And this one's going to be on disaster movies. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this one for a while. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've got a fair few planned. So I think it's going to be, well, for me at least, it's going to be like end of the world sort of stuff. Well, I, I interpreted that as the theme, so that's what I've kind of yeah. locked it to, into. Yeah, um, yes, yeah, so that's going to be good. We're going to do four episodes on that. So, mm-hmm. uh, John, you're, you're first. What do you okay. want to do? So, I have two options in mind, and mm-hmm. I'm going to let you choose. I'm not going to tell you what they are. I have a serious end-of-the-world film, mm-hmm. and I have a very silly end-of-the-world film. Very silly as in, like, I would have heard of it, or, like, it's a bad film? No, you definitely heard of both. Okay. You've, 
I think you've probably seen both. Yeah. Serious or silly? Let's let's get started with a silly one. With a silly one? Yeah. Okay. So my silly choice, and maybe you, you, it was on your list as well. I apologise if so. Yeah. Is Geostorm. Geo. Oh dear God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. This is going to be a something. Yeah. <laughs> I've not actually seen it yet. I know you have. I look forward to it. Yep. Didn't you like genuinely really? Well, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we will talk about it next week. <laughs> what I genuinely really did or did not. Um, great. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening and join us next week for Geostorm. Geostorm. Yes. Can't wait. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'll cradle the balls, stroke the shaft, work the pipe, and swallow the gravy. Get it over here, buddy. Let's do this.